Welcome to the newest edition of the Screen Colors Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. In this episode, we will be reviewing A Cure for Wellness and The Great Wall. We'll also be recapping This Week in TV. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Ozzy, how are you doing, man? I am tired, man. I'm tired, but I'm excited to be here. How are you doing? Um, pretty good, pretty good. I, I'm tired as well. I I actually was up until like 2 o'clock last night because I was watching Arrival, because why not? Um, we actually showed Jesse that movie for the first time, and he was like, why didn't you make me watch this movie sooner? I was like, what, what more do you want me to do? As soon as I got back from the theater, I told you, you need to see this movie. What else can I do? <laughs> I don't know, but it's a great movie, man. I I'm in love with that movie. It's so good. Um, yeah, it's it's one of the best. It's one one of the best of 2016. Arguably the best of 2016. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, what was it? Both it was both of our number twos, right? I mean, so yeah, if, both of our number twos. If right? we were compiling or compiling our lists together, it might end up number one just because it's so high on both of our lists. You know? Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um. So yeah. Let's let's get into this. You did not see a cure for wellness, correct? I wasn't able to. You know what's funny? What? You told me that we couldn't that we that you wanted to have Bob on the show next week and that he wanted to review um what's it called? Fist fight? Yeah. So as soon as I got off of work, that's the only movie that was available that, that was available. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> it's just unfortunate. <laughs> um hopefully we can actually get him on. Depending on how um, things work out next week with um, our Oscar show because we're going to do a kind of pre-Oscar show. So we'll see how the timing works out on those episodes. But yeah, it, it'll definitely be something to keep an eye out, out for because it's always a good idea when Bob is on the podcast, especially when it's about comedy, which he loves. Actually, did you know our most listened to episode is the Kevin Hart episode? It's so random. I know, right? And it's the one with who was on that? Bob and Miles? I think so. Yeah, that's, hey, whatever. <laughs> that's what the people <laughs> want, apparently. Bob and Miles, so maybe we should get them on more. I don't know. Anyway, let you want me to get right into A Cure for Wellness? Let's, you can do it, bro. Okay. Um, I, you kind of hinted to me that this wasn't getting very good reviews. I legit still have not seen the Rotten Tomatoes score, and I, that's just my process. I try not, I try to avoid all of those things when um, and I can understand why this would be getting better views because, man, the ending ruins this movie. The, the last act just as a whole ruins this movie. Um, but let me start with the positives. The performances in the movie are pretty good. And overall, I would say that's a great way to define most of this movie. It's pretty good. I, the There's a lot of creepy imagery into it. And there might be a little bit too much creepy imagery in it, but... I think it is somewhat effective, at least. Um, this director, uh, Gore Verbinski, he definitely knows how to establish tone. And um, just throughout all of his movies, he directed the The Ring. He directed the He directed the two sequels to the Pirates of the Caribbean. Correct. He directed the first three. Oh, he directed the first one as well. Okay, I didn't even know that. 
Um, but yeah, he, so this guy definitely knows when he is aiming for a tone, he, he can hit it and he doesn't really miss and he doesn't really go off track from that tone. Um, but I, I think it, it's just, to me, I think it was more a script issue with the second act or the third act, but again, we'll get there. Um, so yeah, the imagery, the tone of the movie, it's all pretty creepy and it's all kind of just man, disturbing at times, but at the same time, I was somewhat interested in the story, the the actual mystery of it all, and this is something he did, I think he likes to do this in horror, is to kind of give you enough of a mystery that, that you're like, I need to stay and watch this, but at the same time, you're getting creeped out, that's the same thing that happens with The Ring, it's a very intriguing story as to where you're trying to figure out where did this girl come from, um, in this movie, you're trying to figure out what is this hospital exactly, what's going on, um, and that's also going to lead me into my negatives. But first of all, let me say the first two acts are actually pretty solid. It's kind of slow and it's kind of, uh, it's a little bit plotting, but it's not slow to the point of like, oh man, I'm so bored. I was not bored watching this movie just because there's always something interesting happening on the screen. Um, but let me get, kind of move into my negatives. Number one, um, the, you can see where this movie is going from maybe the be if I'm generous, I'll say the beginning of the second act. But man, they really are telegraphing the entire way. And look, I I am really I'm tr I do not want to be one of those people who kind of knocks a movie for being quote unquote predictable. But the problem lies, and I think I've said this on the podcast before. The problem is when the movie is telling you this is where we're going to go. And then it goes there. That's it's like it's the movie's predicting it for you. So, and I think this movie does that. Like, if you can't tell that the big quote unquote twist that's going to happen in this movie from the first time you see or the second time you see this character, then I, I don't know what to. I mean, that's insane to me because it's so obvious what's going to happen and what's going to be revealed, and it's just unfortunate because it took away all that mystery that I was talking about. Whereas there was still some of it there. It didn't completely ruin it, but it ruined a lot of it and a good portion of it. And that was unfortunate. Um, uh, what else? The, the really the entire. Okay, let me get into the third act because it's just that's where I, I just really this is this is this is it. Um, it it all relies on that twist. So that's it's founded on a on a quote unquote twist that really isn't much of a twist because it tells you what's going to happen the entire way there. And it's it's really it's not it's disturbing, but it's not disturbing in a way that's like, oh, that's like freaking me out. It's like that's nasty. Like, no. <laughs> I was not <laughs> entertained. I was just like, what? No, ew, no, why? No, no. And then at the second and then this is my second biggest issue with it. Number one, well, I already said it's predictable, but my second biggest issue is that it's really repetitive. And I don't wanna I'm not I'm not trying to spoil the movie. Um, so I'm not gonna get into too much detail when I say that, but there is a, a character who even okay, I'll just say the main character does something where you're just like, oh, okay, so that's how we're going to end the movie. And then he goes back on it. And then you're like, okay, so now he's going to do this, and that's how we're going to end the movie. Uh, no, then he goes back to his original decision. And then you're like, okay, so now they're going to end the movie. And then he goes back and is like, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. 
It's like, what the frick is going on? It was really repetitive in just the character choices and the character decisions that were happening. He would do something, and then he'd change his mind, or then something would happen, and he'd be like, no, I can't. Then just go. And I'm like, what? You, stop. Yeah, you can get away with that once, but you can't get away with that doing it back to back to back. Um, so that that's really just the repetitiveness of the ending and the predictability of the ending and, and just the disturbingness of but the not entertaining just dis- you know what i mean by when i say it's disturbing but it's not like an entertaining disturbing yeah it's kind of just like you're you're weird like, yeah it's just like stop it's like oh <laughs> gosh no why it's not even yeah. like a oh man that's creepy you know it's i don't know it, it's hard to describe but once you see what i'm talking about you'll know when i <laughs> you know what i mean um so that that's my overall problem but like i said there there are good performances throughout the movie. I think, um, oh man, Mia something, I can't remember, but the main girl's name, she's really good in this movie. Um, she was actually pretty creepy throughout the entire thing. But she also had this innocent story. I think she had a great balance in that. Um, the main guy, or the main villain was kind of cheesy, but he, he, I mean, he was fine. It's kind of what the character was. Um, and then the main character, the, I can't think of his name. He he was in the he was in Amazing Spider-Man. He was the Green Goblin in that. Do you know his name? Uh, let me look up the name right now for you. Yeah, um, but he he was pretty good as well. It, it's like I said, there's a lot in the first two acts are fine. Like I I honestly, when people ask me about this movie, I was describing. It, I was like, the first two acts are fine to even good. Like it, there's good acting. It's a decent story. Um. Because in the first two acts, you're you're thinking, no, they they won't make this twist be what I think it is. They'll change His it up. His name is Dame Dion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was really good as well. Like I said, um, but and throughout the first two acts, you're thinking, yeah, they they won't make it this predictable. And then they make it that predictable, and it just to me, the first two acts, like I said, they're good. And then the last act happens, and it's really really bad. And that's where I'm struggling with this movie. I'm not quite sure how to rate it. I'm thinking I'm at a 4 out of 10. Because there's definitely some good in this movie. But there's definitely some bad. Even in the first two acts, There's it's not a perfect movie in the first two acts. And then the last act happens and I'm just like, man, you crapped the bed here. Really. I mean, and I think a lot of it has to do with the writing. But still, oh gosh. The last act was really bad. It really was. So, Dang, dude. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That was Gore Verbinski's, uh, Verbinski's, I would say, comeback, to because he hasn't, hasn't done a film in a while. Yeah, um, I I'm still a fan of the guy. It. I don't, like I said, I don't think that the issues with the movie are necessarily his fault. I think a lot of it has to do with the script, um, and even some of the editing as well, but uh, he definitely knows what he's doing. Even with horror, I, I think the first two acts prove that he knows how to just use, and his style is to show you a bunch of creepy imagery and get you on edge. And I think he does a good job of that. Um, he definitely knows what he's doing with horror. It's just, like I said, I think the last act kind of really messed up the entire thing. But I'm definitely a fan of the guy. Like I said, The Ring is like one of my favorite horror movies. And then um, you're obviously a fan of the Pirates movies, and... Um, I'm I'm also a fan. Like I defend the third one, especially. I love the third Pirates movie, um, and I actually did, I actually just saw an article saying in defense of the Pirates sequels, and I was like, man, that's interesting. I, did I tag you in that? I thought I did. No, I don't think you did. Maybe I didn't. All right. Well, you want to move on to um, the Great Wall? 
Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, what were your thoughts on The Great Wall? You know, I went into this movie. I, first of all, I think I told you when the first, when I first saw this trailer, I said, Carlos, this movie looks so stupid. Yeah. I, think, I remember when I think this when I told you when I was right? I'm just like, this looks so stupid. Um, I honestly don't know what the hell Matt Damon was thinking getting into this. But, you know, whatever. Um, I feel like he had a, I feel like he had a fun time, like, being in this movie. I'm not going to lie. Because one of my positives is Pedro Pascal's and Matt Damon's chemistry. I think they have yeah. great chemistry. I agree. For a bad movie, they actually have some really good chemistry together. So I feel like they knew what they were getting into. They was like, you know, screw it. Let's, let's go for it. Um, I think they have some great chemistry on screen together. What do you think? Um, yeah, th- they definitely have good chemistry. I will get into Matt Damon's performance a little bit, um, down the line, because, man, how many accents did that man have? Uh, <laughs> um, but, he, I agree, they did have good chemistry, and, man, I'm gonna really struggle with this movie, <laughs> if you can't tell. Um, I, I think there were some interesting characters in this movie, and some interesting directions that they took characters in this movie. And even some entertaining one. Like, I, I'm i not trying to say interesting as, like, interesting is a nice way of saying not very good, but not horrible. Um, it, there were some good character direction. I do think that Matt Damon's character had a nice little arc. Um, it was kind of by the numbers, but it, it worked for this movie. And I liked his somewhat chemistry with the main um, girl. The love interest, I guess. Well, she's not really a love interest, um, but the the girl um, who was the general, um, she was really good. Seemed like she was a love interest, but you know, she go for kind it. of was, but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, her name is the actress's name is Tian Jing. Okay, yeah, she she was. I thought she gave a decent performance as well. Like, there's no super horrible performances in this movie, um, which is good because man, the rest of the movie is pretty stupid. Um, and my last real positive here is there is one moment, one moment where I was like, okay, that was cool. And that's it. Like, really, I was expecting to come out of this movie and go, you know what? It was dumb, but it was also fun. And there was some weird, cool action scenes. There was really just one that I was like, okay, that was pretty cool. The rest of them, I was like, all right, well, yeah. <laughs> so, I had fun in like the first battle scene. I had I was just I was like, oh, I mean it's stupid, but you know it's fun. <laughs> I mean that's the first one I had for the first uh the first battle scene. Yeah. Um. Do you have any positives anymore? No. <laughs> All right. I'm well. gonna get into. I'm gonna get into my biggest positive. It's so obvious that they could not name the nameless order. What do you mean? <laughs> like that's what they like. Like who came up with that name though? Like honestly, like they're just like, oh um, crap! I don't know. I don't know what's in this order, oh, dude. Dude, the nameless order. Like that's like, why don't we just name it that? Like it's so cool. Like who came up with that title? Like what? The, like I like I was just so annoyed. I was like, oh, I remember like I got into it. I'm, I I just. I was like, did they really just name something the nameless order? That is the dumbest thing I have ever seen by far. That's so I mean, stupid. look, I have a lot of problems with the nameless order, but I, I don't know if the name was my biggest or one of my bigger problems. So I have a lot of problems with nameless okay. order as well. Well, one of, the pro- one of my, like, that's just like the 
beginning yeah. the name order. Like, who? Stop. <laughs> and then okay. I got annoyed. I got annoyed by, like, every time someone would enter a room, like, they'd always name, like, their position. <laughs> like, like I don't know. There was just some guy who was always smart. She'd be like, the strategist person, and then his name. And then I'd be like, oh, I get it. He's a strategist. Like, I get it. <laughs> I know who it is. Um... <laughs> All right, well, what I want to get into, and I, I think you'll agree with me here, the entire production design of this movie, and really the costuming of this movie, and this is a random thing, to, but I'm telling you, once I say this, you'll you'll agree with me, it reminded me of Power Rangers. Yes, I was thinking the same thing, They the, They were Power Rangers. The Nameless Order were just a legion of Power Rangers. I was like, what the frick am I watching right now? Yeah, they all had different colors <laughs> for what they did. Exactly. Everybody had different colors. And, and they all the had, like, different blue. different things that they did. And it was, like, their different abilities. I'm just like, what the frick is going on? Like, it was just so dumb. The, the whole concept behind this thing of there being different, like, groups that did different things. And I'm just like, okay, but sure. But then why are they all, like, brightly color-coded? Like, it, even if it was, like, toned down a little bit and they, like, put a layer of black over it or something, I'd be like, okay, whatever. But the their armor was bright. Like, b- really bright colors. And I'm just like, what the frick is going on? It, it reminded me, I was like, am I watching Power Rangers right now? And I'm just sitting there like, what the heck is going on? Um, yeah, dude, the the whole production design, the, the concept behind this, even the story, like, I can't even give it the story because the the concept is really dumb to begin with. Like, all right, sure, the these aliens or these monsters are attacking the Great Wall and they have to defend them. And that's why the Great Wall was built. That's a fun little concept, sure. But the way they explain it is just like... So absolutely stupid. <laughs> this, what? There's some. There's like a meteor that came or something, and then they come out of the. And then there's also like they give you so many ex, exposition dumps as to like, and this is why the aliens attack us, and this is how they attack us, and the the dialogue is so poorly written. They're sitting there, two people are talking to each other. These two people in the nameless order or whatever they're talking to each other right and matt damon or the other what's his what's the other guy's name pedro pascal yeah okay they're they're not even near them so there's absolutely no reason for them to be discussing what both of these two guys already know in the nameless order because they've been fighting these things for forever they're talking and they're like yeah we have to do this and this and this to beat them and don't forget to hit the and it's like you guys know why are we talking about this? it doesn't make like if the if matt damon's character was standing right there and they were explaining to him that would make sense but they're explaining to each other and they already know it clearly because they're in the nameless order it's just like poorly written dialogue period it's like i don't know Do you know, they should be they should be embarrassed because you got two thieves that came out of nowhere and basically took the whole thing down like yeah like like in the battles like they're acting so like true. they're the expertise and then yeah. you got everybody else dying i'm just like you've been training your whole entire lives for this these two guys just show up oh, out of man. nowhere in school you guys well yeah i mean it's a be embarrassed well like, it's, it's it's the trope of the white guy coming and saving the ethnic group from this the white guy yeah and the, it's <laughs> it's just like, like oh, gosh like it's so dumb i'm i'm sorry and the and look i'm not one to i'm not going to try to complain about like all about 
that trope, but it's just, it's so clearly like the white guy comes and saves them. I'm like, it's hard to escape that. <laughs> um, but. And, and this movie was so predictable. I know. So predictable. Yeah. So predictable, especially um, in the last act. Yeah. Like, Let me guess. Okay, I have, I have two more things. Um, the. Okay, the, the second movie that this thing reminded me, or the second thing that this movie reminded me of was was Warcraft. And this this is a worse version of Warcraft in the sense of the action was meaningless pretty much. And because it's just two giant CGI armies fighting each other and I'm just like, okay, we're kind of tired of this. But the problem is this is worse than Warcraft because the CGI sucks. Honestly, there's n- the CGI blows in this movie. It's really, really bad. I'm just like, was this done by like some random college student? Like, wh- what is going on? Like, hey, I mean, I'm gonna give him that he did. If it's a college student, I mean, you did a decent job, man. If you're professional, <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> it's just like, it was real. Like, and this is, I think I read something that this is like the most expensive um, Chinese. Uh, developed movie of all time or something like that. I'm like, where did they spend the money? <laughs> like, where did this, all this money go? It did Dude, not go into the, the CGI. <laughs> even the scenery looked bad. <laughs> Just, oh my gosh. And you can, t- you can tell when there was a green screen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I was like, bro, stop. Oh, yeah. And uh, like, even the close up action, like the one-on-one action, like, it just did not work very well. Like, okay, there were some scenes where Matt Damon is fighting these things one-on-one that weren't... They weren't horrible. They weren't as bad as the rest of it. And there's one that I already said was pretty cool. But the rest of it, it's just, like, him, like, sliding under them. And, like, he would, like, slide, like, way too far for his momentum. And then he'd, like, shoot them. And he's, like, basically a superhero. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Um, and to round it up, for me, at least... Uh, Matt Damon, um, how many different versions of an Irish accent or whatever the heck he was doing did this man have? He that was an Irish accent. I, I don't know. I thought he, I thought he had. A, I thought he. He sounded for me. He sounded the same. Like he sounded like <laughs> an American, no, which but, bothers. bothers no, but he, you're right. For most, for, for a lot of it, he did sound like an American. But then he would go into this random accent. I'm just like, where did this come from? You five minutes ago, you're not speaking this accent, and then he would change, and then he would change back to American, and then he'd change to an accent, but it'd be a slightly different accent. I'm just like, you can't. Like honestly, this is the worst performance I've ever seen Matt Damon give. It's so mad and it's a lot of it has to do with the fact that the dude couldn't decide what accent he wanted to do i was sitting there like what the frig is this man doing like if, so, if he gave an irish accent then he did a horrible irish accent because i could not tell i look honestly i i don't know what kind of accent it was because i'm not good at picking those things out but man you can tell he but you agree he was doing like a billion different things right yeah, I'll say that he was doing a lot of different freaking things my oh, whole man. thing is i i don't like for instance i don't like to see I don't like to see Channing Tatum do like a movie that's that's like you know in the 1600s, because for me it just bothers me when they don't have an English accent, because that's how like that's how cinema has always painted it out to be like it's yeah. not because America was not established so you cannot do like an American accent that's just my rule, <laughs> so like the fact that he had an American accent I'm just like America wasn't built and they're in the cell like what the heck is wrong with you, so I was I was just bothered by his whole entire performance honestly. Yeah, I did not like it. Like um, do you have any other negatives? I know I kind of went off on this movie. I it, it's a movie that exists in the world. I don't know. 
I thought the whole scenery for the freaking alien alien home was stupid. Yeah. I thought for me, I thought I was there was like a scene where apparently like they were smart enough to get the commander or something. And I was just like, how did they even know it was a commander? <laughs> like how do they know specifically that it was a commander? And then all their explanation was they're smarter yeah. than we than we like they made it up to Amazon. Yeah. Like, okay, I get it, but how do they know it was you? This <laughs> <laughs> just really stupid. Uh, I'm going to write this movie a solid three. Yeah. The, I, I want to go. I'm going to go 2.9. I'm going to low volume right there. I, I really. <laughs> oh I think this is. This is a really, really awful movie. I do. do you, but here's the question. Do you think this is a movie that people can go in and say, just, you know what? I'm just going to have some dumb bum with this. Yeah, I mean, you know what? In the in the beginning of the movie, I was actually laughing a lot. You know, it was kind of funny to me because, again, the nameless order. I was just like, who? I I was like, yo, y'all really couldn't think about this name, so you guys just put the nameless order. That is the most obvious. I don't know what to name this order thing ever, and I was laughing at the name. I think someone else was laughing at the theater too. It's like what? And then the I was just laughing in the beginning scene where. Matt Damon's basically throwing around his shoulders, saving his life. I thought that was funny. Yeah, I I don't know. I, see, I, I'm hesitant because I like whenever we have these kind of movies, I'm always like, I don't know because some people could just go into this and say yeah, it was good. You know, I had fun with it. And but the thing is, and this is why I'm not gonna even amuse this movie with that. Is because most people that I've spoken to, when I say I'm going to see this movie, or when I say um, when I even bring up the Great Wall, most people are like, oh, that looks bad. So, no, nobody cares about this movie to begin with. So, no, I'm not even going to humor this movie. I'm sorry. It's not, it's horrible. <laughs> so, no. Um, well, it really does look bad. I remember you said in the beginning, you're just like, it looks bad, but it looks like it could be fun. Bad. And I'm just like, no, it doesn't. I feel like I'm going to tear this movie apart. <laughs> <laughs> it just looked really stupid. Oh, man. It's, it is. It's stupid. It's a great way to describe design. it. I hated the design of the freaking aliens, too. Yeah. Yeah. It and was just the whole. The, we're, gonna, we're going back into it, but really the whole explanation they give and the. Again, their their reason for being there, and then how they work and how they operate. It's just like what? <laughs> okay, and then the thing that can stop them, like okay, like sure. Um, it's, oh gosh. All right. Well, let's move on to TV um, recaps, and we we didn't have any Flash or Legends this week, so that's it might be a little bit shorter of a TV recap, or it means we can kind of sit and dwell on some of the other things um, that we're watching. So, yeah, we will try to avoid spoilers for some of the shows, but for most of the shows, we're going to spoil. So, if you hear a show that you're not caught up on, you might want to dip out. All right. So, Ozzy, you want to start with Supergirl on Monday? Let's do it, bro. All right. What did you think of this episode, man? They better establish Kara and Monel next episode because it was this close, and then the alien popped in, and I was like, you douche. <laughs> You um, douchebag. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. Um, they, I feel like that's happened way too often, especially in the show. Like, didn't it happen in season one when she kissed Jimmy, and then Jimmy, oh, she was like, about, or like yeah, she was about to, yeah, yeah, and then the entire like 
city froze or something, and I'm just like, oh, come on. And then as soon as this happened, I was like, really? Come on. Um, but as for the episode as a whole, um, this episode's called Luther's, and fittingly, um, I really did like this episode for the most part. The, I love what they're doing with the, what's her name, Lena Luther? Yeah. Um, I love what they're doing with her. When I, when they first announced that they were having, um, Lex Luthor's sister on the show, I did the biggest eye roll I've ever done in my life, I think. Um, I was like, really? Come on, man. But I, I, I've got to admit, I actually like what they're doing with our character. I, every time something happens, like, I'm just like, I don't know if I should be trusting you or not. And she's proven herself multiple times. And I feel like I'm all one of Supergirl's friends because everyone, every one of Supergirl's friends is like, I still don't know if I can trust her. And I, I feel like that. I'm just like, I still don't know if I can trust you, even though she's proven it multiple times already that we can. I don't believe it. Uh, that's the sign of a really well-written character. So I, I, I do really like what they're doing with her character. I like the overall story. Um, I don't know. What do you think about this episode? I'm just, I, I don't know. She still kind of seems fishy to me, which is, I'm going to say, a good thing. Yeah. Because they they always leave off with her face, like, with like with her just not being okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, ah, trust issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but again, I mean, I mean, I'd root for her. Yeah. I, I, just, I just, like, I just how the director leaves it you know with mm-hmm. her just not with her kind of just looking kind of upset mm-hmm. but i do feel like she might turn yeah i i think they're being very purposeful with everything when it comes to Lena luther they want you to throughout the entire episode think maybe, maybe she's not all that good and then to have a moment where you're like okay whew, she she is good you know she's proved it again and then they want to leave you again with maybe she's not all that good um, so they're being very purposeful with her character. And like I said, I really like what they're doing with her character. Um, what did you think of the whole, what's his name? Is it Metallo? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what'd you think of that whole thing with Metallo and, the the whole thing with his core or his kryptonite uh, or what, what was it? Fake kryptonite or something like that. Um, I don't. I don't know if it was fake. I don't know. It was um, like, I forgot. It was synthetic was. Cry- uh, kryptonite. That's what it was. They made it in a lab. It wasn't actual kryptonite. And that was, that was the problem. That's why he was like about to explode. What did you think about all that? I thought it was weird. Okay. I thought it was okay. Like, it wasn't something that I was like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was okay. It was whatever. Uh, what, what was his name? Uh, Metal, like, what was his name? Metal. Metal Superman. Oh, yeah, no, no. Uh, Cyborg Superman. Cyborg Superman was random. Like, where has he been this whole entire time? I just found this character random because coming up and doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I I agree with the Cyborg Superman pop up here, and he doesn't. He just feels like a henchman at this point, and doesn't feel like he should be. Um, Metallo, the way they wrote him was very much as a henchman, so I did like that aspect of it. And I I've got to say. I thought when I first saw that they were going to do this whole he's going to explode thing, I was like, eh, what? okay, sure. It could be an interesting kind of subplot. But they 
did a great job with the end of this episode, making me be like, she needs to get out of there. <laughs> like, I was sitting there going, get out, dude. <laughs> like, you have to go. And um, they did a great job kind of, again, making me on the edge of my seat in that last kind of um, a minute or so of the episode, just being like, go, <laughs> Kara, get out of there. Um, just like Wynn was. Um, now, was it kind of silly that she didn't just speed over, grab the guy, and or grab... Who, who was it that she was rescuing? Grab Lena and leave? Yeah, because, again, but that's, you have to nerf Superman and Supergirl's powers. It's just how it is um, to create a good story. And I think they did a good job with that stuff. But anything else with this episode? No, that's pretty much it for me. Was, for me, it was, it was like, a, it was like okay, it was an okay fun episode. It wasn't something that was like amazing. It's not one of my favorites. I, I thought it was a pretty good episode. I actually did really like it, so... I guess we are a little bit different there. Yeah, um, it wasn't a bad episode. It wasn't a bad yeah. episode. Fair enough. All right. Um, do you want to move on to Tuesday? I have nothing on Tuesday. All right. Well, then I guess I will take over. Um, <laughs> Agents of Shield. Um, I don't love this episode, but I really liked it. I guess. Um. There were there were some good things about it, and there were also, like, okay, is this the one? Yeah. So, they had some flashbacks with um, May and her backstory, and with Coulson, and I, I don't know. I think they've already, they've always kind of hinted that there was a history there, but I don't know if I necessarily needed to see it. Um, so, that's that, and then... Um, the, the, there was a there was a mission where they had to go and they're trying they're basically at this point they're just trying to find May and that's how it is and um and who else was locked up uh, Mason was locked up so they were trying to get those two out and they were able to save Mason but at the same time they were it was a trap basically that's that's what it was and then they escape and I love the way it ends. I didn't love this episode as a whole just because the flashbacks thing and the mission itself was kind of like, it was just an average get in, get out type thing. But I think that's what it was supposed to be. So that's where I'm kind of conflicted with this episode because it was a trap. So it was supposed to be a very paint by numbers episode in a way because they're setting up for the next episode, which, um, spoiler alert for this episode, major spoiler alert for this episode, everyone by the end of this episode, except for Fitz and Simmons are LMDs. Um, so it's like, oh crap, they switched everybody out. So now I'm very interested to see, number one, how Fitz and Simmons deal with this. Like, because everyone else in their base, everyone in charge of them are LMDs at this point. So that's really interesting. Um, so I, I think it was a good setup for the next episode. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is, we're rounding out the LMD storyline, the LMD chapter of the season. So... I am very curious about the next episode. I, it should be good. Um, all right, moving on to This Is Us. Ozzy, <laughs> you got to watch This Is Us, man. It is. I, I believe I tweeted this right after the episode. It is the most relatable show I've ever seen on TV. It, that's the bottom line. It's just so heartfelt, so emotional, so relatable. Like I said, like every character... At, you, I, I would be amazed if you cannot find a single character in the show that you don't go, you, man, I, I really relate to that. I really relate to what they're going through. I really relate to this situation. 
um, this episode, they did a great, great job of showing how much is on and always has been on Randall's plate and how much he really can't deal with it when he gets too much on his plate. Um, there was one thing that I was like, all right, he could have, or, um, Kevin could have dealt with it better because he leaves his player or whatever to go and help Randall, but he could have probably been like, Hey, I'm going to help my brother. who's having a panic attack right now, but he just booked it and like left the girl in the cold. And I was like, okay, probably couldn't have done that or shouldn't have done that, but whatever. Um, I, I did really like this episode again, so relatable. So just, man, it really tugs at the heartstrings. Ozzy, you gotta watch this show. Bro, I can't even watch Legion right now, okay? <laughs> oh, man, but... Oh, this is us. It's... I won't be surprised if it wins a lot of awards when it comes to um, the next Emmys, because... Or even... I'm sh- I can't even remember if the Emmys have a category, category for Best New Show, but anything that has a category for Best New Show, I- I'm going to be surprised if it if This Is Us isn't at least nominated for those categories, and it's going to have a good shot at winning it, honestly. Um, I believe the Golden Globes, it was nominated, but it got beat out by something. The Crown, maybe? I don't know, which I'm not going to argue that because I love The Crown, but still. Um, it, it's a great show. This Is Us, really good. Um, <laughs> New Girl was pretty, again, I will say this season is really good. Um, there was a, another proposal, and I, there seems to be a consensus that they're kind of wrapping up this show with all these proposals going on. I don't know how they're going to be able to continue it if everyone's going to go up and get married. That'll be interesting to see if they adapt the show, if they just end it once all these different things happen. But, all right, you want to move on to Wednesday? Do you have anything on Wednesday? Arrow, yes. Arrow, yeah. All right, now we can talk, Ozzy. Um, <laughs> what did you think of this episode? I'm curious. I'm very curious. Um, Renee, I am not, I was not a huge fan of Renee, I thought he was an an okay character because mm-hmm. we haven't really got anything from him. Like he's not a he's not like I loved War. I really like Rory. I'm upset that he left. I know he's gonna be back. I don't know when, but I like Rory. I like um Mr. Terrific. I like each individual, but Renee was always whatever to me. So for this episode, I really did like that they kind of went back and had like a backstory with him because mm-hmm. I was interested. I was like, oh okay, wow. I didn't like how they ended it though. I thought they could have done something different with his backstory. Okay. Because I just thought it was stupid how, like, oh, you know, if, if I had my gun, I could have saved my wife. So I'm thinking, like, the drug dealer was actually going to shoot his wife or something in front of him and his kid. But no, like, he just shot him, and then it was, like, and then, like, like he was falling down. The bullet went and killed his wife. And I, th- I thought it was, like, nah, like, I felt like that should have been something. I was disappointed how they, how they finished it because I, f- I felt like it should have been something, uh, deeper you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. something more something more traumatic for him um and then i really liked how they went into the whole gun issue thing because we really didn't see too much of green Arrow this episode this was mainly oliver being uh you know mayor mayor and i remember that was one of our i remember that was there was an there was an episode there was an episode earlier this season where you and i were just like what um where we liked him being mayor him you know what i'm talking about it was like that stupid crap yeah that was the worst episode of the season (laughs) yeah you know what i'm talking about we like the stuff with him being mayor and i have to say i really enjoyed the stuff with him being mayor because we really don't get enough of that with him so i really like the fact that he was uh being 
a mayor in handling the, the this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. This is tricky, 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 tricky. Um, for let me start with the Renee thing. I, I, I don't, I, I've heard that quite a bit this week, especially is that nobody was like, everyone's like, I'm not the biggest Renee fan. He's fine. Or he's whatever. I, I don't know. He, he like, I'm not the biggest fan of anybody really on the team. They're all kind of the same to me. I'm just like, yeah, I like them. I, I don't dislike them. I don't love them or anything. Um, that goes for everyone on the team at this point. Um, even the new butt canary, I haven't had time to get attached to it really. Um, so, so there's that, and I, I get, I guess I get that, but at the same time, I and I get why they wanted to go into a backstory with him, um, to give him a little bit more meat on the bone, I guess, with his character. I, I didn't, I didn't love it. I, I to me, it wasn't as compelling as I was hoping that, that kind of backstory would be for, for one of these characters. It just, I, I thought it was fine, and it definitely fit the narrative that they were going with this episode, but. I just, I don't know. I didn't necessarily care. And maybe that does speak to my, how much I do care about Renee as a character. But I was just watching all this. I'm like, I don't really care. Like, get back to the episode. Get back to the stuff that matters. It was really just backstory. And I would say the same thing for um, when we had that backstory, when we had flashbacks um, to Felicity's backstory, what was it, a season or two ago? Um, with her yeah. hacker days. Like, I didn't care about that either. I, I just, it, to me, those things... Unless you, if you're going to do that, you have to make it super, super compelling. And I just don't think that they did it necessarily. Um, and now to the gun thing. Hmm. This is, this is interesting. Because throughout the entire episode, I was like, oh, gosh, uh, why are we, why are we doing this? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Do we really have to, th- this is Arrow. And most people are are sitting there and at first blush you go really arrow is going to make a gun statement arrow of all people of all shows arrow the one where they use guns most or a lot of their team or at least two people on their team use guns on the regular and they're (laughs) where they're gonna make a gun statement and it's tricky but i think they did a good job kind of towing the line and it was a all right let me say this it was a watered down version of the debate it definitely was it, there's a lot more intricacies and kind of little things that go into this kind of discussion that they did not touch on. But that's not their job, number one. And number two, they don't have time to go into all the compli- uh, complexities of the gun debate. So I, I get it. They had to water it down. But you have to admit that this is a watered-down version of that debate. But even though it was watered down, I think they did a good job of showing both sides of things and saying... This is what we're saying. This is what we're saying. And they did it in a good way. And they had a good... They had a good overall message. Overall, the message wasn't for one side or the other. They weren't saying we're pro-gun. Or they weren't saying we're anti-gun. That's what. That's not what the episode was about. That's not what the message of the episode was about. The message of the episode was about... We need to be able to talk about these like civilized human beings. That I respect. I did really like that they went in that direction. And I did think that they said that in a good way. The The thing that really put me over the edge of to whether I didn't like that they went in this direction or not was that last conversation that Felicity had with Mr. Terrific. When he goes, when did it become rude for us to discuss politics? That's what we're supposed like, And that's true. We, we don't. We avoid these things because... 
we think it's rude and we think we're just going to argue. And But the one thing that I did really love about that conversation was Mr. Terrific admitted that it doesn't accomplish anything. Us just sitting around and talking about it doesn't accomplish anything. But I think it's good to talk about it and it's healthy. So I, I do really like the message that they ended up saying. It was a watered-down version of that debate. But they were did a good job of keeping it somewhat balanced. They definitely had a leaning, but it wasn't a very overt bat you over the head with it leaning. Yeah, I agree. Um, one of the things I didn't like was Renee and Mr. Terrific arguing about guns because how many times has, has Mr. Terrific been out on the line and with with him? You know what I'm saying? I was yeah. like, you've seen this man with guns for months now, and now you say something because exactly. there's a gun attack. That was random. Um, and then Vigilante came out of nowhere. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to bring that, that up. That was completely... Yep. That came out of nowhere. I was wondering... what. It's funny, because every time I think about a character, like he always just comes out. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder what the, what the hell Vigilante is, but whatever. Um, and then nothing. He just comes out, and he's just like, I'm you, but I put people down. And then he shoots Arrow, and then he leaves, and you don't see him again. This is random. So, so random. I was like, this, where did you, wh- why are you here? You haven't been here for the last few episodes. Like, what? Whatever. Um, that felt completely tacked on. Uh, and yeah. that was like one of my, that was one of my biggest negatives was, was him, honestly. Um, but again, one of my negatives was Renee and, uh, Miss, and him fighting Mr. Terrific. And another one of my negatives. Like, they, they kept complaining about uh, Renee bringing, like, a gun into the building. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, but thank you. I was just like, I was just like, shut up, okay? <laughs> that guy hit him, okay? If he was, like, he could have died. The only reason why he's not dead is because he had a vest on. Stop complaining. <laughs> God. Um. Yeah, I, I agree. That That's one thing that I, I, I agree with you, especially with this episode, is... That while I uh, while I did like where the episode ended up going and the direction that they ended up taking it, it did come out of nowhere. It's really, and I can easily, and I would not argue somebody if they said this was a hip- hypocritical episode. It doesn't make any sense that they would be, or that uh, half of the team would be anti-gun. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever at all because they're vigilantes, like. They rely on the fact that it is that uh, they rely on the Second Amendment. Basically, it doesn't make any sense that they would be like, "No, civilians shouldn't have guns." They're civilians. It doesn't make sense. And especially the one that I was reading some comments on this, like the one that people really don't think made any sense as to his position. Diggle, Diggle does—he's military. He's ex-military. Why? Why would he be? On the on the left side of this debate, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so uh, I don't know. Like there were some really random and really, um, it, it did feel random at the start. I do like where they went, but it started kind of like, why are we going down this direction? That's why I was like really against it for the majority of the episode. And then I'm like, okay, I see what they were doing and where they were going. So I liked it. Um, but I agree with you. And this was when. After we saw Vigilante, I literally was like, did we not deal with him already? Like, I was sitting here going, wait, when was the last time we saw him? I looked it up. I was like, when was the last time we saw Vigilante? I feel like we already dealt with him. That's the thing. We haven't seen Prometheus in, what, two, three episodes now? I I don't know. (laughs) Like, it's been a while since Prometheus has been the focus of the show, at least. Um... 
and Vigilante is just where did this guy go? Can we refocus? Last time we, last time we saw this guy, it was the freaking the crossover. Mid, it was the crossover, yeah. Like the thing, the thing that you did not like. I'm gonna say this: the positive that I I had for season four of Arrow is they were always focused on Damien Dark. It was he was always like that was like their main focal point. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For me, I really don't remember a filler episode of Arrow be, of that season because they were mainly always focused on taking out Damien Dark. This one, I don't feel like it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it it kind of that's one of my negatives for the for the season as a whole is this. You know, we're not getting any more clues as to where, as to yeah. who this guy is. Um, especially the second half of the season, I definitely agree with you there. Um, and filler can be good. Filler is not an inherently bad thing because sometimes you need a break from the overall story. You need to step back, get back to the roots of the show that you're watching. But too much filler is a problem. And really, I don't even know if this is necessarily a problem with filler, as it is just like they're they're forgetting the main villain. Like, it's like, we need to refocus. And that's what I'm hoping that they start doing next episode. It's just like, get the focus back on Prometheus. You can go and do these side things. That's great, because I I read um, Jason Inman, um, who we've had on this podcast before. He said that this is, in his opinion, the best episode of the series, period. I, I wouldn't go that far. But there are a lot of people who loved this episode. So, it's... Yeah, I mean, it was... Overall, it was a pretty good episode. I'm gonna yeah. say that, but I mean, um, it's not, it's not like the best episode. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the stuff with Oliver being mayor. That's like the biggest positive I have because mm-hmm. I really like, I really like him. I like seeing him being put in a difficult position because, like he says, this is he's normally used to just beating stuff, just like basically fighting with violence. That's, that's yeah. how he deals with stuff. And this time, he has to literally talk it out and be diplomatic. And I like the stuff. Where you see him in the newsroom and they're asking him like, "Well, what is your position on guns?" And he's, he's like, "I don't like, have uh, a statement." Uh, uh. He's like, "I really don't have a statement right now." Because because he he agrees that people should defend themselves, but at the same time, it's also a difficult position to be on. So I was like, I really like that. You know how he how he's trying to give people gun rights, but also um, also kind of make him more secure. So I really like that. I really like that episode with mm-hmm. him trying to really. Stay in between the lines there. Yeah. Um, all right. You want to move on to, uh, I guess. I mean, I can talk about Legion really quick. Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, man. This show is so trippy and good and um, mind-blowing. And everything I said about the first episode applies to the second episode. It's really, really good. You, I, need you, I really want to get into it with you, so you need to watch it as soon as you can i know you're really busy but if you can watch it um it's hard to just for me to be able to talk about by myself because it's there's so many just things that happen they're like wait what just happened um it's a very it's a show that does not pause and wait for anybody um it's not going to explain itself um because the thing is i don't know if i said this in the last in the last episode but we are getting this story from the point of view of um, of the main character of Legion, or he's not called Legion yet, but uh, of who is known as Legion in the comics. We're getting the story from his perspective, and the thing is, he views the world through really strange eyes. Like, he sees 
he sees craziness here and then he'll see the real world and then he'll see like his version of the world that he made up in his head and then he'll go back and have flashbacks in his memory and he'll be standing there watching himself as a kid and it's just like all this craziness is going on and the thing you're seeing this through his eyes but his eyes are unreliable and that's the genius of this show is you don't know what is real and what is not and we're sitting here trying to uh, put the pieces together, and I think they're doing it in a very good way. So, I uh, highly recommend Legion. All right, um, that was, I believe that's a Wednesday show. Uh, the Path is great. Um, please watch it. I, I hope, I, the, before the second season premiered, they put the entire first season on YouTube, and I've been talking about the show since since we started this podcast because it's amazing, The Path. Um, on Hulu, but nobody really watches it because not many people have Hulu, but I believe if if they haven't taken it off, the entire first season is on YouTube, so no excuses, it's on YouTube, watch the show, it's so good, um, Michelle Monaghan, uh, Aaron Paul, so if you're a Breaking Bad fan, come on, and Michelle Monaghan, why would you not want to watch her, she is amazing, so highly recommend The Path, um, alright, Thursday, Super Supernatural? Did you watch Supernatural? Yes, I did. I watched it two days ago, I believe, or yesterday, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, I did yeah. watch it yesterday. Yeah, I did watch it yesterday. All right. <laughs> All right. I was just like, when did I watch this show again? Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, Supernatural. I'm not the biggest fan of the season overall because this is like the issue that you are really having with Arrow. I'm having that times ten with Supernatural this season. What the frick are, is the main point or villain or thing that they're trying to do in the season? There's the Nephilim that we haven't touched on or even really talked about in multiple episodes now. It's been a while. Um, they, like they always bring it up, but they won't ever like do anything. Exactly, about it. it's like, like it's always in the recap from the previous episodes, and then they never talk about it. <laughs> just like what? Um, there's also the whole Lucifer thing. Like he's. We thought we dealt with that, but apparently not. At the end of this episode, we find out um, that Lucifer is in Crowley's possession. Um, and now we're introduced to this entire new element of the Prince of Hells, or the Princes of Hell. Um, and then also, don't forget, we still have the British Men of Letters as a thing. There's just so many different things that you're like, okay. I totally forgot that was even going on, yep. honestly. It's like, okay, this is the main point of the, the season. And then they're like, oh, no, we're not going to even focus on that at all. And then they introduce something else, and you're like, okay, this is the main point of the season. Oh, we're not going to focus on that at all either? Uh, okay, okay. And then it's like, <laughs> we keep doing that, and it's just like, what is going on? That's my problem with this season. But, and this is, <laughs> this is the but, um, you knew a but was coming. The They are doing a great job of keeping their most basic, formulaic, filler episodes interesting. The last episode with the with Dean forgetting things and them trying to figure out um like what was going on and what happened like they told it's almost like they told a regular a regular basic filler episode backwards that's how they decided to do it they they told it um through him trying to figure out what he had done the night before so they again messed with the narrative messed with the style of the episode and then this episode, they did it again. It's just really a basic hunting episode that they, again, at the end, they kind of reveal some more major things that could be, hopefully, the focus of the season, maybe. Um, but 
throughout the entire episode, it's really just a regular hunt episode. Like, they're trying to figure out, they're trying to find these demons. They don't know that they're special demons. They're just trying to catch these demons. And, and they, they figure it out. But they do it in a way where, like, they're telling the story from different people's perspective. And in different times, it's, you know what this episode reminded me of? Pulp Fiction. What? Pulp Fiction. In its narrative structure and its style, it reminded me of a lot of Pulp Fiction. And even, and you you might say that it's just because, like, they had a briefcase with a shining glowing object. And that's part of it. <laughs> it's, I will admit that that's part of the reason it reminded me of that. But the, also the narrative structure of the nonlinear storytelling reminded me a lot of that. I do really love that they're able to do this with um, their most basic... Like I said, their most basic episodes, they're able to mess with the style of the episode, mess with the narrative, and keep it interesting and keep it fresh. What do you think? Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree, man. Um, I really did like this episode. For a fellow episode, I really did like it. Um, I, I forgot where Crowley was. Again, it's yeah. one of those things. Just like, where the hell is Crowley? And then he comes, I'm like, oh, okay, there he is. Um, <laughs> I really did like this episode. I really like the stuff in the diner where mm-hmm. Ian was interested in the waitress, and then the waitress was... Checking out Castiel. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought that stuff was good. I don't like what Mary's doing with the mental letters, though. I really I don't. Agree. Um, I think she's trying to keep her kids safe or whatever. And I'm just like, you have no idea who your kids are. <laughs> like, like, they've been through some crap, man. But I mean, I know you died, but so have they. Okay. Um, so... I, I don't like how she's going solo on this because I think it's really stupid of her to not let them in, them in on, on it, um, especially since Dean and Sam are probably the best men of letters slash hunters mm-hmm. out there, especially with their resources from heaven and from hell. Come on now. Um, and then what else? Did, what else did it? What else was crazy about this episode? I really like. I don't know. I, I think she was talking about Castiel here, where she goes up to the to the men of letters person, British men of letters, and she was just like, I "Almost lost one of my boys." And I don't know. If she meant Sam or Dean, but mm-hmm. I was I was thinking Castiel. Yeah, I was like, wow. Like she really already sees him. Like she already views him as a son. And I really liked how Castiel was preparing to die because I was on the edge of my seat. I'm just like, if they kill Castiel, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> like I might cry. He's such a great character. I mm-hmm. love Castiel. So I really liked how he was preparing for death and everything and how he had his own little speech and how it was really emotional. And I really liked how Mary was... She looked like she was blaming herself because she tricked him going in here. Yeah. So I really liked this episode um, when it comes to filler. I thought it was... I, thought we're getting, I think we're getting into like more family stuff and I really, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Crowley's decision to, you know, he could have just taken the staff. I mean, it's a very powerful weapon, but he decided to break it and save Castiel. I think he cares about them all. Mm-hmm. Weird way though. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause I mean, even when Dean was a demon, you know, like he was upset that he was start, starting to not hang out with him anymore. He got upset about it. And then he just got, and then he just. Then he got back to his old regular ways, like, well, whatever, it's not my problem anymore. Like, he's kind of like a loner, but you know, I think he cares for them in some weird way. Um, but I do like the fact how the devil, how Lucifer was just like, you're a demon. Like, how do you think this is going to end for you? 
Yeah. Because, I mean, because he, he's right. Because Dean and Sam have tried to kill him before. So I really like uh, how they're just like, how, how you kind of put that in uh, in Crowley's head. Mm-hmm. Um, quick question. Can the cult do anything without bullets? Because I'm pretty sure they're out of bullets for it, right? And we, it's revealed that the thing that they were, that Mary got for the Men of Letters was the cult. And we haven't seen that in a while. And I, I was like, where, where is, uh, oh, I forgot about this thing. But where, like, can it do anything? Because I thought that the thing was, like, they had a limited amount of bullets with it. I don't know. I mean, maybe they can forge new bullets now. Maybe. I mean, if anybody could do it, I guess the British Men of Letters could. So, I don't know. Just, I was, I was curious about that. And I wonder what they'll use it for. Maybe we'll finally kill Lucifer with it. I don't know. Um, all right. Do you have any other shows that you want to talk about? I know you watch Black um, Sails, right? Yeah, Black Sails. Black Sails. Oh, my gosh. This show. You talk about a show that you need to watch, Carlos, is Black Sails. Yeah. Talking over here. I actually have a subscription to Stars, so I can hook you up, bro. It's fine. <laughs> right. I can hook you up. <laughs> Um, let me pull up the cast list really quickly before I get into it. I caught up with Black Sails earlier. I think I caught up with the Thursday. I couldn't sleep. So I just, I watched the two episodes. I watched episodes two and three of Black Sails. And I gotta say, man, my gosh, man, this is such a great show. It, you know, it's always, it's, it's always a really gritty moment in this show. Um, it's going into episode two, uh, I really liked how Billy was Billy's like the Billy is um I'm sorry how Billy is in charge of like a group of pirates and he's you know they really respect him they trust him a lot and I really like that because it 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 has conflict with uh Flint's character. Flint's character is one of the was one of the main ones who's in charge of everybody. So it it comes in a conflict in this episode where they're going where they're raiding a plantation and the, their goal is to try to get the slaves because they need the manpower to fight off against the British and the slaves end up closing off their doors and they're saying we're not going to fight because if we end up leaving and if we end up fighting the British said that it will the the British said that each since you know since you know back in the day slavery slavery the you know the slaves were their their families were divided right how mm-hmm. they were separated so basically if i leave and if i go fight then my kid from another plantation is gonna get is gonna get in trouble like he's gonna get whipped mm-hmm. and stuff like that. so it's really interesting to see how that all plays out so uh it was so they were basically the band like hey you know we, we need to go and billy was like no we're not even gonna take these resources and it's like we cannot we cannot afford it right now like these guys are gonna get in trouble and like we can't do that, you know. And Billy was pissed. He's like, "Well, we need to go raid other plantations." It's like, "No, you're risking. We already lost six men. That's a like for us right now. That's a lot of people." And it's it, and Flint and him basically got into a um, got into a got into a di- disagreement, and um, ends up being like a like a mini civil war between the pirates right there and and uh, and the slaves. I mean, you got. Um, Long John Silver's girlfriend, current girlfriend, I, I I forgot her name right now. I'm looking, I'm trying to look it up. But you got her girlfriend. I got his, you got his girlfriend there, right there in the crossfire. And 
it was crazy because she had a ball out of there, and Flint, Flint also had a ball out of there because you had you had other you had people from another plantation coming in and wanting to fight. So it was crazy seeing that that whole thing. Um, we see we continue on with uh, John Silver, and we see that John Silver is alive. He's he's just held uh, hostage right now. I want to say, and um, that was also I really like the stuff with John Silver this episode as well. I mean. It, he was basically trying to talk to this this uh let me pull up uh his this character's name real quick but he was one of the he basically wanted to be a part of blackbeard's um crew and he was he wanted to be a part of nassau's um freedom in the beginning and then it's great because Don john silver is considered to be the uh the pirate king now so he's like look man like if you help me out you know, I'll let you be a part of this. Like, you know, you have a home and everything. So I really like, I really like how that whole thing went down and how he got finally re- reunited with Flint. Um, wait, wait, that's not the third, that's the third episode. Well, the second episode where he was, you know, you see him being held captive there and you see, um, what was it? Who's this character's name? She, she comes in, she's, she's like the, in the beginning, in the seasons one, two, and even the beginning of three, she's kind of like, she's kind of like the boss of. Uh, first, she was a prostitute, and then she, you see her throughout the season, kind of like gain knowledge and gain power. And her name is Max. Max, Max has like her own people at this point. So at the ending of season two, she goes out there, discusses it with John Silver. She tries to capture him, but that ends up failing because she's not that great apparently with her planning. So that happened. Season uh, episode th- three um, is where we get the so we get them all reunited, and they end up taking back Nassau for a little bit. And my gosh, this is the episode where Blackbeard dies, and Carlos that that was such a gruesome uh, episode for him because you know how there's barnacle on like the on like the mm-hmm. on like the boat in the bottom. Well, what they did was when they captured him, they captured they captured the ship, and Rackham ended up uh, ended up. He could have he, honestly he could have won if he wanted to, but he ended up surrendering because um, you have you have Anne, you have Anne, you have Anne Bonnie. She's on the ship, and that's like that he loves her, so they really care about each other. Like they've been together for years, so that's why he surrendered because she's on that ship. So basically. So the, basically, you know, they got captured and everything, and the first person that they go after is Blackbeard. And basically, what they do is like they like they tie him up to the ship, and then they make him go underwater, and they make him rub against the barnacle underwater, and they slide him through that fast underwater, and you hear it, and it is one of the most gruesome things I've seen on television because it is it is crazy, bro. I'm just like, oh my gosh, because and the thing about this episode is, you know. The British, the British are really angry with the pirates, and they're willing to do some gruesome things to get these pirates down. Like just like that with Blackbeard, you know what I'm saying? It is just crazy to see that they would go to that level of, like they would go to that level within themselves, you know, to be so inhumane to the pirates, you know. Um, so you definitely see both sides of things. You see why the pirates hate um, the British, and you see why the British hate the pirates because they're just so inhumane to one another they're so ruthless to one one another you know what i'm saying like 
they're both like, well, you're not human. And it was just like, well, we're not human because you're not human. It's crazy. It's really good. So I really like these episodes of Black Sails. You guys definitely need to check it out. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I, that's a show. I should have kept up with it. I don't know why I fell off of it, but I, I need to kind of get back onto it. But whatever. I will, I'm sure at some point, um, when some of my time frees up. Maybe this summer. We'll see. Um, all right. Do you have a recommendation, Ozzy? Um, Ryan, my recommendation is gonna be I was thinking about a comedy. You know, I I uh, I was talking to somebody and they told me their favorite film, one of their favorite films, and it was um, she's the man. <laughs> I was just like, I totally forgot what the movie was like. Oh my gosh, that's such a great throwback movie. I personally love She's the Man. It's about um, it's with Amanda Bynes and Channing Tatum. That's the first time I've ever seen Channing Tatum in anything. And it's about her. She wanting to be. She wants to be a part of a soccer team, but she can't get in because she's a boy. I don't think they have a, a girl soccer team at the point at at that at the school that she's going to. Mm-hmm. So she gets a friend to make her be to help her be a boy, and it's fantastic because she. It's funny because you have to see her act like a boy and everything. And I really liked it. it it's fun. Um, it's really fun to see. So definitely check out She's the Man. It's a classic for awesome. me, at least. Awesome. All right. My recommendation is actually, um, we don't do this too often, but I was thinking about it and I don't know if we recommended it on the episode that Jason Inman was on or not, but, um, the, did we recommend, I'll ask you, did we recommend his podcast? Yeah, I think we did oh. on on his podcast we could recommend him again i might do it again because it is a great podcast and the funny thing is i don't know if they had insider info or not but they because what their podcast um jason and ashley uh victoria robinson they do a podcast called geek history lesson where they basically take a character or a idea or something from pop culture be it something from game of thrones or a comic book character and they break down their entire history both publication and fictional history um and they'll tell you all about it and it's like in an hour long episode so it breaks it all down tells you their history where they came from um and gives you recommended reading all these different things and it's called geek history lesson and it's really really good and i don't know if they had inside info or not but they last the last episode was um an episode on wild dog and then in this episode we focus on wild dog's backstory so i thought that was really fascinating um to kind of hear how how um wild dog is in the comics and then to see his backstory play out on um on tv that was really interesting so uh, uh, just a little shout out to them. They they do a great job on that podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. So highly recommend it. Go check that out. Um, and it will make you look a lot smarter than you are when it comes to comic book stuff. So definitely check that out um, if you want to hear all that and um, learn about some of these characters that you're seeing movies on without having to read all the comics about them. So it's a great, great podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say, if we're going to be recommending channels, um, there's a YouTube channel called Comics Explained, and he he explains um, Walking Dead comics, um, DC comics, and Marvel comics. And I think he does a fantastic job because he has people that does like a slideshow for him. And it's kind of like a it's kind of like a class, really, but he, he goes so in-depth with it and everything. Yeah. Definitely check out Comics Explained, too, guys. I mean, if you're interested in comics 
everything. He goes in depth and he does a pretty good job. I mean, these are like 20, 30 minute videos, but it's pretty good stuff. You're not bored. You know, he has a, he has a great time um, really, you know, explaining stuff to you. And it, I love it. I, I think it's great. I mean, I sit there and I, I put it on YouTube. I'm just chilling, listening and watching it. I think it's, I think it's a fantastic job. So awesome. check out his channel as well. Um, yeah. At random, last note to end on. Batman continues to disappoint me. Did you see they lost their potential director? Oh, yeah, man. I totally yep. forgot to tell you. Like, they lost Matt, Matt Reeves. Matt and... Reeves is not directing anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and, and apparently, and apparently, like, there's room. I don't know if this is true or not, but there's rumors floating around that Batman doesn't even, that Batman, that Ben Affleck doesn't even want to play Batman anymore. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's a disaster. Wow. It's it's really it's just comedic at this point. And did you say they want um? And this is kind of exciting, but because of how not good the first one was, um, I'm not excited for it. Um, did you say they want Mel Gibson to direct um, Suicide Squad two? If it's Mel Gibson, I might be a little bit more excited. But at the same time, DC's over here trying to struggle, like. They're, 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 like they have major rewrites yeah. for Batman right now. They need to stop focusing on all these future movies and get their crap together right yep. now. Like they can't even. It's ridiculous. Like they don't even have a freaking director for freaking Flash <laughs> or anything. Like, like yeah. what are you doing? Get stop focusing on like twenty different things and focus on one freaking thing right now. Yeah. You're ridiculous. It's just so stupid. All I right. have, I am losing a lot of faith. I already lost the faith in my DC, but right now it's going into like the negatives. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, um, we're, we're running kind of long here, so let's wrap it up. Ozzy, you want to sign us out? Of course, man. Where can people find you on social media? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at cheery456. Um, and make sure you follow us all over social media, all at Screenfellows, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. On YouTube, we have um, the Bachelor recaps are there. Bob does a great job. And um, we also have some top 10 videos, some behind-the-scenes stuff. Go all check it all out because we got a lot on there and a lot coming up. And also, we are going to be announcing, and we've been talking about this for a while, but we haven't locked down the rules. And we finally locked down the rules. I will put it on Facebook Hopefully today, um, the day this episode comes out on Saturday, the rules for our contest to win a poster, to win a Rogue One poster. Um, so definitely go and check that out on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash greenfellas. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Castro Ozzy. You guys can find me also on Snapchat if you guys want to have some fun there. Uh, messaging me, checking out my story. This is fantastic at Aussie320. And then you guys can also see me on Instagram at Aussie Cray. And if you guys have any questions, any topics, any movies, any shows that you guys recommend to us or anything that you personally want us to talk about, um, just feel free to email me at Aussie.Castro at screenfellas.com. And like Carlos said, check out our YouTube content. It is fantastic. Guys, we hope you enjoyed the show. Please feel free to listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Also, like Carlos said, check out our YouTube channel. It's fantastic. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Guys, this is Screenfellas. Fellas.